Hey, welcome back to their episode of the Five Tool Baseball Podcast. We're up to episode 58. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And uh, what day is it? Tuesday. I hope you had a good weekend, uh, Drew. We had two birthday parties and an Easter egg hunt. Uh, I don't know about you, but like that was a different level of tired I experienced um, at the end of Sunday after all of that. Like it's uh, it's exhausting going to toddler like for parties with toddler age children because uh, they're oh, kind yeah. of at the they're you know, you know how it is. He's he's at the age where they want to explore a lot and they're on the move and but they're not at the age where you can't just turn your head away and kind of let them yeah. do their thing because yeah. you might hear cries five minutes later. And what are you doing? You face planted. How did this happen? Type of thing. So um, I'm still recovering, but that was a, uh, that was a, a different um, level of tired. I experienced at the end of Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I can only imagine like, you know, from our birthday party the weekend before, like you're trying to play host, watching the door, trying to keep our dogs in our bedroom and going and from going crazy. And then, you know, wanting to watch our son, you know, hoping he's not going to get upset with other kids playing with his toys. You're right. And yeah. Then, yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, hats being uh, juggled there or a lot of balls being juggled as far as priorities go, but yeah. So I, I get it. We did the Easter egg hunt on Sunday. Um, we were down in San Antonio, Mary's parents uh, hosted there and we had um, uh, he found all 38 Easter eggs. 38 so, man. 38. Yeah. So is he no. like really into them? Cause Jack kind of just was like, yeah, I'd rather go play with some other toys. I wasn't really into the eggs, but once well, he figured out there were things in the eggs, that was kind of a game changer. Yeah. That was the thing. And so he, he liked finding the eggs, then he liked opening the eggs. And then we made the mistake of having the empty eggs like in view for our drive home from San Antonio. Oh yeah. Cause he, we would, I'd hand it to him and he would open it and then he'd lose his mind that there was nothing in there. So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, we, we messed up there and the drive down, we made it down in like four ish hours, four, four and a half hours. That's pretty San good. Antonio. Well, it evened itself out by taking over six and a half hours getting back. See, we what did like, I tell you? There's no such thing as a normal trip to that city timeline. Well, th there was, we got caught like five cars away from a car that like exploded basically. Like it was on fire. And so we just, we didn't move for an hour. And then Waco was its typical self. Yeah. Um, e even like the little round, the going around Waco a little bit, it was it was kind of disheartening. We went, we tried to go around, you know, follow ways and do all that stuff. And we get back to like, get on the highway and the bus that we were right behind mm -hmm. when we took the little detour route was like right back in front of us again. So like it saved us zero time whatsoever. Yeah. So thanks a lot ways. But. Did you, any good food updates from San Antonio? Or I imagine you, you probably did a bunch of family stuff and didn't get out yeah. a lot. Yeah. My mother-in-law made these really good potatoes and, um, and we always do ham at their house. Okay. Um, and it was good. Uh, Mary made an apple pie that was really good. Oh, nice. Um, we've got some food allergies that we're dealing with on her side of the family. So it's, you know, we tend to have the same things a lot, but luckily we've, 
gotten those food safe recipes down. It seems like and tend to have the same meal, but it's good. So I'll take it. Um, yeah. Had some leftover ham to bring back. So that was nice. There you go. Um, and then from Mary's determined from our birthday party to use the leftover hot dog buns that we did not use. Okay. So in the past like week and a half, we have used, tried about three different recipes for usage of hot dog buns. <laughs> so we had meatball sandwiches, French <laughs> toast. <laughs> so it, it was amazing. Like she cut up the little hot dogs in these little made little French toast squares. They were okay. good. Um, Interesting. So we did that twice, uh, meatball sandwiches twice. And I used, uh, we're getting, getting close, <laughs> put a dent in it. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, we overestimated the hot dog consumption for the birthday party. <laughs> yeah. For you, it was hot dogs. For me, it was beer. Like I was like, all these adults are coming. It's like, Oh, I gotta make sure I have enough. And it's just like, I ended up taking like, not the worst problem in the world, but I ended up taking like half of it back home and putting them in my fridge or whatever, which, which will go good once I get a chance to, to paint my new tavern to go bar outside. Yeah. That, um was delivered and uh it was incredible they put that thing up and i published some some uh, post, uh pictures on instagram but they had that thing up and done in like an hour and a half tops like it was wow. really really oh, so cool. you weren't doing it so you no no it, chance yeah. like okay. i okay. i okay. i am not i'm not yeah. one of those types of i don't know my mind does not work well Same. doing that stuff Same. like I don't know what it is like that, you know, that red and yellow little tykes coop thing for, for Jack, oh, yeah. like the things, the YouTube video says there should take 45 minutes. It took me like four hours and then, you know, putting together his house or my mind just doesn't, I don't, I'm not good at that sort of stuff. So I got no problems admitting that, but uh, yeah, a fun weekend, but, uh, but certainly um, a, a tiring weekend, um, you know, before we get to some games that we saw and some players that we saw recently, uh, I mentioned this guy last week, uh, Rory Sasaki in Japan. Did you see what he did after his 19 strikeout well, perfect they, game? Yeah, they went they went the Dodgers route and pulled him though. They pulled him. <laughs> he had a perfect game through eight with 14 strikeouts, and they they pulled him out. Uh, just like I mean, that's that's nutty what he's what he's doing over there. Um, just a matter of time before he ends up over here at the at the major league level and. Uh, did, you're a you're a Rangers fan. Did you see what Joe Madden did in that game? Yeah, and then the best part about it was seeing the trout reaction. Yeah, to it. Like, like he's, his head is moving as he's yeah. counting base runners, and he's like, he's like, what? He's, what? Yeah, that that was that was so funny. Like I was dying laughing. Like I don't understand why and what in the world. He mad. I mean, I know he he has a reputation of trying to get a little bit cute, but like, it's the Rangers pitching staff on the other side, and it's the fourth inning. So okay, so he gives up a grand slam. Okay, big deal. Like they would have erased it in that next half inning, like they did. Yeah. Um, and his I, his like reading some of the quotes, his reasoning was like very psychological. Like he felt like the for some reason the team psyche and and mentally would benefit from from it i i don't know like i really wish they would have lost the game because it's it like would have been a much Me bigger too. deal and 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 been like way more ridiculous than it was which it was extremely ridiculous but yeah he had some weird reasoning and of course they won the game and i don't know like you know me, I'm a huge fancy baseball junkie. And some of these lineups he's putting out with like, it's, 
it amazes me that they spent as much money as they did and they have like like Matt Duffy hitting cleanup sometimes. And it's just like, it gets to like the top three guys. And it's like, who are like, you no know, Joe Adele on the bench. Sometimes Brandon Marsh on the bench. Sometimes it's, I don't know between him and, and Dusty Baker. And uh, there was another one the other day that was just driving me nuts. An older, older manager. It's just like, come on, you guys gotta, gotta get with the times. But, but anyway, um, you and I were both at some games um, last week, Thursday, you know, a lot of teams didn't play on, on good Friday. Uh, I, I kept it a little bit local and went to Dripping Springs. And I actually seen Dripping Springs a couple times, but I saw them in tournament play. So I hadn't seen Brandon Arvidsson pitch since since the fall when he was with the Dodgers scout team. So I went to go see him in Alamo Heights and was uh, was pretty excited about an arm that they've got an uncommitted senior arm. I'll touch on here shortly. Uh, but but Arvidsson ended up going six innings, one earned run, three hits, three three walks, and twelve strikeouts. Um, he kind of labored through the second, but other than that, man, it was it was really good. He was up to eighty nine with the fastball. Um, the curveball was his go to pitch, low seventies. Um, he showed the slider occasionally, two different breaking balls there, but the curveball was the one he went to more often. And we know the changeup's the weapon. It's what it's been since the summer and the fall. Uh, it remains, I think, his best pitch. Racked up a lot of swings and misses of 78 to 80 miles an hour. Um, tall guy, athletic guy. I, I think Texas A&M's got to be really, really excited because he's got a lot of physical gifts, and I don't think he's getting everything out of those gifts yet. Just some things that can kind of be tweaked that I think Nate Yeski is going to do with him at A&M. Um, I, I think you'll see the velocity tick up in the future. But uh, when you talk about a guy that's that's got that size and that athleticism, and he's already able to throw four pitches, uh, that's a really promising sign for the future. But yeah, when that changeup gets going, uh, these guys just have really uncomfortable takes or really uncomfortable swings at it. And he's really able to throw that breaking ball over for in fastball counts, go up the ladder um, with the fastball and get some swings and misses there. So a really strong start for him and a win for for Dripping Springs. Nico Reedus closed it out, uh, pitching the seventh inning for them. Um, and then I got shout out to Aiden Perry. Um, he's a Dakota State University signee, hits two hole left handed hitter. I don't know how that guy got out of the state of Texas. Um, he can hit, man. I, I've seen him a couple times. He can really hit, a little undersized, but he just gets in the box. And he's one of those guys that takes really quality at bat. Seems like he really sees the ball well from the left side. Um, so Dakota State University is getting a good one with him. I, I think he's going to go up there and really hit at a high level. Um, Alamo Heights, I was, I was really excited to, to hear about James Sobey. Um, I was t- messaging with Edward Hart, Duke signee. He pitches the other day um, in the district schedule. And uh, I was a little confused because I showed up and he wasn't pitching and he was supposed to pitch. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? I him <laughs> at third base. Like, what's what's going on here? Like, I, that's what the big attraction was getting down here and seeing Arvidsson and, and, and him. And um, he came in the fourth inning when they were down um, already, I believe four to one or five to one. So I was kind of scratching my head at that, but he looked the part, man. Uh, he's QB one for the football team, really athletic, great looking six, three, maybe six, four um, quick arm. He threw uh, three shutout innings, three shutout, no hit innings with five strikeouts um, had the fastball command. He was up to 89 Curveball flashed occasionally. He threw a couple that were really uncomfortable takes for right-handed hitters. But, man, he, he threw a couple of change-ups that were maybe the best senior change-up I've seen this year. Um, this is a guy that's, that's, that's got a future. Um, there, was a, there was one college there watching him. I won't mention them, so they can kind of keep their cover. But 
Um, they had gotten the word and they are there getting a look in. And uh, I think this guy's got a chance. Uh, you know, the fastball shape can improve. Um, it plays down a little bit, but he can command it. Uh, you can go to, to my Twitter account. I've got a couple of pitches on there. You can see one instance where the catcher is putting the target high and he gets it right to that target. He was getting it uh, to the arm side a little bit against those righties. So he was moving the fastball with some execution, curveball flash, changeup really flash. And you just, again, athletic guy that looks great physically, uncommitted um, senior right-handed pitcher. He played third base as well. I believe he hit two hole for them. But to me, he looks like a pitcher all the way at the next level. And uh, he's put up some really monstrous stats lately and I can see why um, because it's you know he can hold his stuff and he's got three legitimate pitches and uh, that's a guy that I, I think if if you're uh if, if you're a, probably at the mid-major d1 level and especially at the juco level if you're still looking for arms in the 22 class I would absolutely get down to the San Antonio area and get an eye on, on James Sobey but uh, they had a couple other guys as well Bennett Angulo uh, recently committed to Santa Clara I believe in mid-February can really, really run, uh, played a strong defense at shortstop. Um, I don't know if he'll have to move to second at next level because of the arm, but he made a great play in the hole to throw out Nico Rita. So really, really tough play. Uh, and then Park Zunker, who's a sophomore, uh, really competitive at bats. I, I was a big fan of him. Athletic guy, can run. Uh, I think he's got a bright future for Alamo Heights. But uh, to me, the takeaways, you know, Arbitson was very Arbitson-ish. I uh, feel really good about him being a 5-55 guy. I think he's, he's got some things that can be tapped into at the next level. Uh, but if you're looking for a senior arm, go get some eyes on James Sobey because I think he's got the ingredients to, uh, to definitely be a guy that, that can throw some quality innings at the next level. Well, yeah, it's kind of – it's interesting, too, going back to Sobey. Like, there's, a, there's been a bunch of QB1s um, that are guys that have spent a lot of time – more more so focused on the football side that have had big springs mm -hmm. and like you can tell there's there's a little bit of raw potential in a lot of them um that's exciting and you know you know if you're at a big school in texas or you know even a medium-sized or small school in texas i guess for being honest you know if you go if you go get qb1 you're gonna have a little bit of leadership quality you know yeah. i mean that's that's a generalization obviously but there's there's definitely just kind of a, you know, kind of a moxie or a feel or, you know, just kind of a presence that a lot of those QB ones have when they get in the box or get up on the mound. Um, and it's kind of cool to see, cause you know, I know we've talked about this, but those dual sport guys um, you know, you at least have a little bit of room to project with them. Cause you yeah. know that they've never fully been totally committed to baseball, which is, mm -hmm. It's just, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, like we saw, I saw Harrison Rosar last week. He was one of them. Um, but it's just something that I, I'm looking forward to looking forward to this summer uh, to see some of those guys, because, um, you know, there, there's just some, there's some ability and some presence to them that you always like, cause they're obviously going to have a little bit of a um, uh, little bit of upside to them when they get up on the mound or in the box, yeah. I think. And we, so. You know, we talk about a lot too, with these dual sport guys, especially the, if you're a quarterback at a big time Texas high school, like you have to be able to learn how to compete in that type of environment. And let's be honest. I mean, it can, it's, it, there's some pressure on those guys, you know, you're, in a lot of instances, you're kind of the talk of your your neighborhood or your area yeah. or even your city in some cases with those you know, those kind of those smaller 
high schools, you know, the Salinas of the world where it's not a small high school, but it's like the only high school around. Like if you're, the, right. if you're a QB one there, like you, everybody kind of knows who you are. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not surprising. You know, you mentioned these, the way these guys carry themselves in the moxie and stuff like that. It, it's not surprising often because they've got to learn how to compete and, and how to handle, you know, that sort of environment and those responsibilities that, that come with it. Um, it's just a little bit different. I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, we talk Texas high school baseball forever, but um, Texas high school football is like, that's, you know, what Ricky Williams say, it's a religion. Like it's, yeah. it's a, it's a different kind of deal um, in Texas. Well, so yeah. It, I, it, it, it's funny you say that. Cause like I've been in a bunch of games where if the local quarterback isn't playing baseball, he's shown up at the game and like, everyone's like, Oh, there's, you know, so-and-so. Right. You know, like, exactly. It, yeah. Everyone knows. So yeah. yeah. But yeah it's you're, a thing. you're the big man on, on campus or in, in the community or whatever it is. It's uh, it's everybody typically knows, um, knows who you are. So, and it's just oftentimes it's, you don't typically see a guy that does that and is not athletic. Like, it, you know, right. especially with how many dual threat quarterbacks we see now and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, it's, it's, I always, we always say like, Hey, take the path you want to take, but you know, the dual sport guys, like you just, you, you, you kind of, it's a different athleticism, different kind of mental approach and, and things like that as well. So um, yeah, I feel like we've mentioned so many of those guys over the course of, of, of this, of the, you know, high school season and we were doing rankings and, and all that sort of stuff, but really excited to get a look at him. Um, I was for about three innings, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what, what happened? Cause you kind of, you get it, you get excited when you hear there's a guy that's not committed anywhere and he's doing the things that he's doing. It's like, okay, like, let's, you know, let's, let's see if we can get this guy a little exposure. Let's see if he's the real deal. Let's see if we can kind of get that name out there. And, and sure enough, that's, that's absolutely a name that, that I think college coaches need to be tracking for sure. Yeah, well, talking about that, I saw maybe one of my favorite uh, pitchers that I've seen all year last Thursday um, in the Heritage Lone Star game. Uh, so my guy Andrew Hickey, right? I don't know if you saw the videos, but was this, this dude, was this our guy who was the master of timing on the mound? This is him. He is. We'll call him the crafty righty. Okay, but dude, like. He, it was so fun watching him pitch and Brooks and I and Jeff were just loving it because he was, I mean, as a pitcher, you're trying to disrupt the hitters timing. And right. that's the definition of what he was doing. Like within a single batter, he would quick pitch, do a double or triple leg kick. And it was just like, it was mesmerizing. Like it, I, he even does it in his warm-up pitches. Like he's, he's practicing it, but I mean, it, like you could tell, like he was really frustrating to hit off of. Um, and I thought it was funny because uh, Lone Star, Lone Star ended up like flying out or popping out to right field um, over and over and over. Just, you know, a lot of bat slams. Um, yeah. But but Heritage had a right fielder uncommitted 22. Uh, Kelly Yancey, who's super athletic, playing out there. And this dude just making like circus catch after circus catch. And just really good feel for playing the position of right field. Like I have to think that you could stick him in center field and he would do just fine out there, but it was fun watching him play. And it was just like, Oh, here we go again. Like the ball go up in the air. And he, he caught several balls in foul territory and um, had good actions and got to the ball. Well, um, but yeah, so it was a, it was a showdown with some of the top two teams in the district between Lone Star and Heritage. 
Uh, Dominique Reed got the start on the mound for Lone Star. And early on, I thought he was trying to overthrow a little bit. Um, as he kind of settled in and as the game kind of ratcheted up in intensity, he got better and kind of got in the flow of the game. But he was really good. Stuff was really good. Had him up to 92. Wow. Um, good breaking ball, good changeup. Um, I think he ended up striking out 16, 14 of 16 or six, I think it was 14 of 16. Yeah, it was it was impressive outing. Um, stuff was really good. Uh, Oklahoma State got a good one with him. Um, and then the reliever that they brought in is brother of current Oklahoma State pitcher, um, Tyler Bogus, uh, kind of a sidearm guy, uh, just a different look. Like I can mm-hmm. see he, he's a Grayson commit right now, and he came in to finish out the game. But um, it's an uncomfortable at bat. It's different. Um, and I, I, I know I get stuck on this a lot, but when I talk to a lot of the pro guys, you know, it's not the velo. I mean, obviously velo wins or helps you win at the next level. But one of the things that a lot of the really good hitters will tell you is that, you know, those aren't like throwing hard is a thing, but throwing hard doesn't necessarily make you uncomfortable. Like some of these funky relievers that you'll see in the yeah. big leagues and in college. And it's just a tough at bad, especially if you don't get to see them a lot. You know, if it's, if it's a guy in your division that you end up facing quite a bit throughout the year, that's one thing. But when, when you don't play teams that much in, in college baseball, like I could see Tyler going to a big D one program and being a big time reliever, right. Um, just because it's such a different look and the stuff is good. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, I think we talked about him back in the fall, um, as in our, in one of my uncommitted spotlights, but I was impressed. Like, you know, he was as advertised, um, did a good job moving the ball to both sides of the plate. Um, and then Lone Star had another guy that we've seen a lot, uh, Dallas Tiger player, Owen Peck. Um, you know, I think he's the leader of the team. I think he, they announced him as the captain, but it shows like, he's just a really good ball player, um, that plays really hard. Uh, you know, he knows where to be. He's always a threat to take, uh, bases on extra bases on balls in the dirt. Or if you, if a ball gets away from an outfielder or something, he's, he's a heady player and, um, you know, he's just comes from a winning team and knows how to play the game. So it, it was, it was fun seeing those two teams play. Um, like I said, at the beginning, Andrew Hickey, like think that might've been my favorite performance of, of the year so far. Like he had a bad second inning. Um, and when I say bad, I, it was, uh, aided by some errors and some misplayed balls, but he, he went complete game through all six innings um for heritage and only gave up runs in that one inning and the game ended up being i think five to two um but he gave up five runs in that second inning like i said they weren't all i don't know what the box score read but some of the balls that weren't errors were misplayed and so it probably showed up as earned runs but my man just kept throwing it in there and just frustrated those lone star hitters all night long it was yeah uh, it was it was it was entertaining to say the least we talked last last week about the the playoff strategy if you flip the coin and you go for the one game like imagine yeah. if that imagine yes. if that yes. if you've got your if you've got your stud you know fireballer lined up on the other side and then yes. our man comes out there with the timing and the leg kicks and it's just like and you lose one nothing because you just you don't see anything like that like that yeah like that's, if that's you, the type of thing that can happen in the playoffs if you want to see it, it's up on like I, I think I quote tweeted something about it from our uh, five tool Texas account that was at the game for the game of the week. And then 
Jeff also put it on Instagram. Like it is entertaining. Like, I mean, he just kept throwing it in there and just, I mean, the stuff was like, it's nothing like off the charts as far as like velo or anything goes, but the guy knows how to pitch. And ultimately that's the name of the game. So it was, it was a battle of contrasting styles on the mound with Dominique having the really good stuff and Andrew moving the ball around and just frustrating those mm. one star hitters all night. But man, it, it was fun. So yeah. I, like, I want to see that guy pitch again. Like I've already made it. No, I want to see him throw again and, and just see if that was like a, a, a one-off thing. But I think he was all district last year or maybe all district second team or something like that last year I saw, but um, he, uh, it, it was definitely entertaining. Definitely. Yeah. Entertaining. He might be a guy that could be like a one man pitching staff because you probably not probably low effort, not a lot of stress. In I bet like, like I bet you if you allowed him to throw both games in the week, he would. That uh, was yeah, just the I, feeling I, I got. Yeah, and you mentioned the the different arm looks too. Um, yeah, that's it's becoming a, a bigger deal because, like you said, across these the the levels you go up now, like guys are used to seeing velocity now, like. They figured out ways to train for it. They've seen it a bunch, and so it it it's a value to those colleges that have different looks coming out of the bullpen. You know, this is at the highest level, and they do it with velocity and stuff. But it's not always insane velocity and stuff. But the Rays are like this. Like you go look at all their different release points in their pitching staff, and that's on purpose. Um, you know, especially in the bullpen where they're getting all these guys with with different looks um, you know, <coughs> that are moving the ball different ways horizontally or vertically or different release points and different, you know, it, it's, it, they're trying to give these hitters as many different looks as possible. I mean, the, you know, the big thing now is starting pitchers. Okay. The third time through the order, like the numbers typically jump up on guys and that's because hitters. Okay. We, we've seen you twice. We've gotten a rhythm. We've gotten a feel for what your stuff looks like, where the ball's coming out and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think of, you know, for us, when I, the, that Texas team in 18, Parker, Joe Robinson, you know, dropping the arm slot down. It's just like, he, I don't think he ever broke like 86 miles an hour, but it's just the different look like guys just don't see that sort of stuff often. So yeah, it's, I, I think every college, you know, every major college now is, is going to want to add at least a guy like that in the bullpen. And typically too, those guys that throw from those lower slots and stuff like that, they don't get it sore because it's, it's a more of a natural movement. Um, You know, we mentioned like, you don't see as many submarine guys anymore, uh, but like that sort of thing, because it was under, you know, those guys didn't really get sore ever. So they could throw so often, but yeah, it's just something I think that as we, you know, learn more about pitching, especially at the college level, as the college level kind of copycats the pro level, like you're going to see teams that want to try to get one of those guys if they can, um, to throw in their bullpen because it's just, it's just such a, such a unique look, but, um, yeah, I, I, you guys were texting me while that was going on and I'm glad y'all got some, some video of it because, um, it well, made me think so, of when we were talking about the flipping the coin, it's like, man, can you imagine running into that dude in a one game playoff and like losing one to nothing? Yeah. So, so the funny thing about that is, is that, um, you know, I, I always start the video too early and then I have to go back and edit it. Yeah, for to put to clip it together, but you know the pros like Jeff and Nick Klein, they <clears throat> they start it just like right at the right time all the time. But 
the problem that we kept running into with Andrew is he would quick pitch and he wouldn't get it. You would only mm. see the flight of the ball. So we didn't have a lot of good, like quick pitch uh, video, but there were some hilarious swings on the quick pitch. Like it was, it was, it was so great. Like I, I just like can't get over how enjoyable that was to watch. Like, I don't know that I'd want to see that every game, but like, and it's in at the right time, like that'll win games. And I yeah. think like, like you said, if they get in the playoffs and they go up against a team that's like, I don't know what, I'll be honest. I don't know what else, what the other <clears throat> heritage pitcher is like. So I don't, you know, I'm just making stuff up as I go, but like, you're right. Like if they went up against a team that could just mash and they felt like they were at a disadvantage in a three game series, I would try for one. Like, I mean, you, you know, what, what's it going to hurt? You know, right. I, I yeah. I mean, it's, it, if you've got that sort of like totally unique look, um, yeah, I, I would say that you have got an opportunity to go for it. Yeah. So they're nine and four in district right now, which is tied for first. So um, what, gonna... what is OK? Talk, why do you have that up? What else you got in that? Because I may I may go over to what what read me off the Frisco district. So um, Frisco, Liberty and Heritage are tied at top of district at nine and four. And then at eight, you got three teams at eight and five, Independence, Lone Star, and Wakefield. And then Reedy's at seven and six, the Memorial's at six and seven. And then you go down in uh, Lebanon Trail, Centennial, and, and um, Lebanon. Frisco. Or Lebanon, sorry. Um, <laughs> this isn't, Le- Le- it's not LeBaron Johnson. Well, I thought Lebanon was a country and it had three ends, not two. So I thought it was a different. Um, those, mm. those three teams are at the bottom. So you've got a tight race in there. Um, you know, three teams separated by basically two games, or excuse me, one, two, three, four, five, six teams separated by three games. Uh, no, two games or less, and then another one separated by three. So that's, yeah, it's, um, and let me take a look. Yeah. Let's look at look here at Heritage. So you're at the five to two game that they lost. Um, I mean, I'm assuming our guy usually pitches. Yeah, it looks like some Thursday, low Friday. Run- low run totals in those games that he's pitching uh in in general too they don't look like a staff that's given up many runs so they might uh they might be uh might be tough to hit so his name was andrew hickey they've got another pitcher bryce gilchrist um okay was a second team all district pitcher last year so they've they've probably got a pretty formidable they're they're a money ball team they're a money ball team for sure because so their leadoff hitter is not your typical leadoff hitter. He's hey, we're not selling jeans. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But the, dude, the, it was they were fun to watch. I, I, it was it was a good game to go to. So, but anyways. yeah. So uh, so <clears throat> if you want to see some entertaining action, um, get the District Nine Five A and get a, get some eyes on on Heritage for sure. Uh, right. Especially when our guy Andrew, Andrew Hickey's on the mound for them, but I so hope that they get in the playoffs and it's like we look up in third round and there he is, just just carving dudes up um, left and right with just a totally unique look. And uh, speaking of carving guys up, I mentioned this guy after I went and saw Katie and uh, Cinco Ranch, Lucas Moore. Um, I realized it after the fact when I was messaging with him, but he's the guy that gave Tompkins their only loss this year, like. Tompkins has one loss and he gave it to him. Um, An uncommitted junior. Uh, I'm going to take a look at his. I know after we published some stuff on him, um, the uh, the followers went up uh, pretty significantly. 
Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, it's it's gone up since then. So I know he was he was definitely hearing from some schools after that. But um, yeah, he I, shout out to him because uh, he's the guy that gave Tompkins their only loss to date. And uh, we'll see. Uh, those two teams got to play again to uh, to end the season. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Yeah, Katie won again. And Tompkins won again. So yeah, Tompkins is sitting at 22 and one and Katie at 22 and four, but Katie's perfect in the district. Um, it's fun. Like now that we've gone and seen like a bunch of teams and also some teams more than once, you kind of get a feel for what the district is shaping up to be like. Um, and there's a lot of tight races in there, although it's kind of weird that four teams get in. So, um, but I mean, yeah, that, that Katie district is, is pretty loaded for sure. Um, but yeah, exciting. I'm going to get to one tonight. Uh, you know, let's take a look at this one, uh, Lake Travis and Westlake, um, that district races. Yeah. So Lake Travis is 10 and 0 and Westlake's nine and one. So big one tonight, uh, between those two teams. And I can't believe Westlake's doing what they're doing. Cause we know kind of the injuries that they've dealt with. Um, they just keep winning. And I know they got, they got Pierce George back on the mound recently, uh, excuse me, that's Lake Travis. We got him back on the mound recently, but Westlake just kind of keep doing their thing, even though they've had some, they've had some injuries, but I'm excited to go out and get a look for them. And as these teams are kind of pushing towards, pushing towards district championships. And a lot of these games will go a long way to determine who wins the district and seating and playoff positioning and all that sort of stuff. But it's fun. I, I've never really experienced the high school baseball playoff thing and like, a long, 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 long time. Um, just because I was always doing the college stuff and uh, I always remember I'd get to like the end and they'd be playing the state tile games and stuff in Austin around. I'm like, man, that would have been nice to get around the state, the area and go see some games. And uh, that's definitely what we'll be doing. Still, still what about a month and a half until the high school season ends. So uh, a lot of baseball left to be played, a lot of performances and a lot of stuff that'll go, you know, maybe not a long way, but it'll go into the process when we go back through our rankings list for the five to 55 and finish up the 22 class after this and, and get going on the 23 classes. Those guys head into their final summer. Uh, a lot of big performances still to come for those guys. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it is exciting as you get to the end of these district races and they start shaping up. And from what we can tell, I think too, some teams are starting to manipulate their pitching a little bit yeah. to possibly get on more of a playoff type schedule um so that'll be something interesting to monitor um and yeah note to self check that before we go to a game <laughs> yeah golly um, ain't that the truth yeah try yeah. to try to get it from the coach in writing who's going to start on the mound um or else you uh you might be stuck seeing seeing a guy you didn't you didn't think was going to pitch um but yeah it's it's uh teams are kind of positioning figuring out where they are and and um and everything else is as they make those those final pushes. But um, any other baseball takeaways for you, college wise, pro wise? Well, college was a absolute circus this past weekend. I didn't realize uh, until you know, my uh my wife's cousin went to Texas Tech, and he's a big sports fan. And I was like, I didn't. It's like, man, you know, Texas Tech and swept by TCU. I was like, wait, what? That happened this weekend? Like, hey. That was like far, far from the insanity of the weekend. Like, I think, it, I think, like at least seven, either six or seven of the top ten teams lost the series, and a couple of them got swept. Jeez! And then you had the Vitello bump. Yeah. Um, that, what did he get suspended? Four games. Four games. Yeah. So, but you know, there, there's, 
Honestly, a lot of times four games, four games might be a little light on that. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is like, there's some history there and I'm imagining that that's, that may have been weighed in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's usually more to the story on a lot of these uh, kind of the same deal with the TCU Sarlus um, incident a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it, it is, it's like, it's just, it, it's so hard. Everyone's a roller coaster. Um, it's crazy. Like it, it, it's just tough. Like, I mean, this is what you're going to get in the portal era. It's just kind of how it's going to be. I mean, you know, you know, look, Tennessee finally looked human and, but they still beat a, uh, an Alabama team that, like we said, when we watched them early in the season, that they might make some noise, and they've been mm-hmm. playing well. Um, yeah, AM's playing well. Um, yeah, they are. I, I think that and, you know they don't. Yeah. They're they're not in terms of the A and M. You know, true expectations. I mean, but like considering what the roster they inherited, I, I think yeah. those coaches have got to be thrilled with what they're seeing right now and the job that they're doing. Well, they're going to have a big test this weekend with Arkansas. So mm-hmm. that'll, that'll, you know, I think as Kendall said, um, or tweeted yesterday is like, Hey, if, you know, they're going to have, they'll, they'll, if they beat Arkansas, they'll be ranked like bottom yeah. line, you know, obviously a lot easier said than done, but it's going to be a crazy, crazy last month of the season jockeying for, hosting and not hosting because i mean like texas lost two of three at kansas state and is still in the top 10 i mean because you look around everyone around them lost too yeah so um it, it, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts and a lot to, to be determined so far the committee is going to have a really tough time this year with i do not uh I with do not the hosts yeah with with the hosts and the national and everything it's going to be because there, because there's not going to be it's much separation mess. with the host. Yeah, yeah. And right. on the flip side, there's going to be so many teams that probably have similar resumes that are decent enough to get into the tournament. It's, it's going to be, and then you got to figure it too. If you're in the committee, you got to try to balance, you know, the proper two seeds, the proper three seeds with the G. I mean, it's they're going to have a hell of a task this year trying to figure out um, how to how to get how to how to do a bracket and how, who to host and how to balance it all. But yeah. Looking at the big 12, I mean, Oklahoma state at nine and three TCU at 10 and five. And then you've got, you know, West Virginia's only played nine conference games, six and three tech. It's tech will look like it might run away with it. And then they got swept They're at seven and five and Texas six and six and Oklahoma at four and five um, Baylor at four and eight. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just been chaos uh, in college baseball right now. But um, a lot of Texas well, my, representation my, still, um, you know, Texas State had a 4-0 week. They're hanging in there in the top 25. TCU's in there. Dallas Baptist is in there. Texas is in there. Tech. Um, and then A&M's knocking on that door. Um, you know, they're, I, I'm pretty stunned that they're – I'm pretty stunned they're 8-7 and seven in the SEC in 22 and 13 overall just by looking at that roster and looking at the schedule they're going to have. They've got to be absolutely thrilled with what they're seeing so far. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think that's probably going to be the theme coming out of the season that if they can find their way into a regional, you know, oh, yeah. real, real momentum and there, and they, there's a path to it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to have their chances. I mean, even with a midweek coming up against DBU, that's a quality resume game as Sam Houston midweek. Uh, uh, they still got South Carolina saw, who's been beating a bunch I, of teams at home and Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Miss, yeah. They've, they've got, 
I mean, in that league, every weekend is a chance to improve your resume, but them especially, they've got a lot of big names remaining on the schedule. I thought it was really interesting. I saw a uh, mock tournament field this morning. I don't remember who it was, but they had a, a regional that had tech hosting with Texas State as the two seed and AM as the three seed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll yeah. we'll see that. Like I bet AM gets in as a three, and they're gonna go, they're gonna go to whoever is hosting in Texas because it's gonna be a non, it's probably gonna, it's gonna be a non-SEC school. So you're going to see them at Tech. You're going to see them at TCU. Maybe if Texas hosts, you might see them there. I mean, we've seen it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's – it's. Uh, and then what do you do at Texas State? Because they'll probably end up at two seed somewhere. And, yeah, it's uh, – They're – be like, they might end up hosting. You think so? They're, I mean, you got to be top 16. I mean, they're yeah, above that. I mean, but in their RPI is their RPI is fifty four right now. I don't think they're yeah. gonna. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to looking at just eyeballing the rest of their schedule. Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna have if, the boost. If Texas struggles, they might. You know, if if some of these teams in Texas keep struggling a little bit, they. I mean, it's not crazy. Yeah, and fifty four RPI. They gotta. They gotta get that at least close to twenty, like in the mid mid twenties. Um, you know, strength of the schedule 146. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. T- I mean, they've got two RPI wins over top 25, two in the in 26 to 50. I mean, they've done a lot of, they've got 21 wins outside the RPI 100. So, um, maybe, but I think there's going to be the, the, these leagues beat up on these, on each other so much that the one positive is it starts, it kind of just creates pretty steady RPI numbers across the league where you get these, right. everybody plays good RPI teams. So the RPIs don't really change that much, especially in the sec. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's enough teams in this region, I think um, that, you know, and LSU is kind of, I don't think, I mean, I don't know if LSU is going to be able to play their way into the hosting mix 26 RPI, but seven and eight in the league. Um, yeah, it's just been, I mean, every weekend it's just like, it's just like who survives, you know, who like scratches yeah. a series win across. It's just been, once you think a team's about to make a move, they get sent back to earth again. Yep. Yep. It should be fun. It'll make yeah. for some theater at the end. Yeah. It'll, it won't lack theater. Um, that's for sure. Cause I don't think there's any, besides Tennessee, I don't think there's clear cut. Um, great um great team at least right now and who knows what it looks like in the landscape in, in a month or so but yeah uh, well, that's your that's your uh college baseball update we talked some pro baseball um early on um some exciting pitching matchups today if you like pitching um especially in the earlier games um but it's been kind of uh it's i don't know if you've You've no, I, I don't know what they did to the baseball this year. Again, they keep messing with it, but home run rates are down. Um, there's kind of some weird stuff going on. They keep jacking with the baseball and it drives me nuts. There's not any level of consistency there, but um, unsurprisingly teams like the Dodgers and giants are, are playing really well out of the gates. Um, the Mets have, have had a strong start as well. Uh, we won't bring up your Rangers. Um Hell, my Red Sox aren't really. That, I'll bring. I'll bring up my. I'll bring up my uh, lawyer buddy again. Big Rangers fan. Follows it as close as anybody I know. 
he has been beside himself for the last like three, four weeks about the lack of movement for like one more arm. Yeah. And they, they have like, they, they like did a half job on spending. Like they went out and spent a ton of money in free agency mm-hmm. and like they could be, they could be a winning team if they had just acquired a couple like solid, a couple more solid arms. That's it. Like not, not big, uh, you know, back up the truck, the bank truck with money type guys, but just so a couple more like major league average starter and maybe a reliever. Yeah. I mean, like they, they could have been a completely different team. Like they've been hitting. Um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah I just, I just, uh, I just did a search for half tank team pitching staffs. Uh, they are dead last in FIP um, in Major League Baseball, feeling independent pitching, basically kind of like the skills, the pitching control, the pitchers control. So um, they have a negative team war in pitching. That's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, it's like the whole, the Dane Dunning experiment and Spencer Howard and, I'm not really in on those guys at all. At least they get John Gray back today from his blister. And I think he's in, he's in for a two-start week. And I, I love that acquisition. But, yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird. You spend all that money getting Simeon and Seager if they don't really do anything else. On the flip side, though, like, I don't know. I don't know who they could have gone and gotten. There weren't that many great. There's better options agents. than what is currently rolling out there. Yeah, but you got to think too. There's it's a two way street. Those guys have got to want to come play for you as well. Like, um, like it's tough to beat the Giants right now. Like, if for an Alex Cobb because he sees what they're doing with guy they do, did with That's guys like Kevin. Way Gun. better than the caliber of guy I'm talking about. Well, who who are I you mean, talking about caliber wise? Like, because I'm trying to think of the 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 free agents that were that were available. They're um, out there. They're better than Kobe Allard. Yeah, that's is he even it, in the rotation? No, and oh yeah, see the one that, on the, the one that bothered me was they went they they brought in Martin Perez. Um, I guess Taylor Hearns kind of shown some flashes in the past, but that's probably not a guy you want to depend on. Right. Looks like uh, Spencer Howard's back on the aisle with a blister. Yeah, I think the concerning thing is like I don't no pitching depth wise like who's coming up beside i mean they've got i know they brought glenn Otto up i know but he's back down right now um cole wayne is kind of knocking on the door but the one that kind of hurt them is koei arihara the guy from japan last year was just horrible he just wasn't yeah. any good yeah um so yeah that, yeah but no that's i mean it's like okay you spend all that money and then our pitching staff is just an abomination um yeah, that's that's going to be frustrating for sure, uh, especially in that park, which I think is geared to, more towards pitching than hitting. But um, sorry, Rangers fans, um, it might it might be a long year, especially especially with what the Mariners are doing. Um, the, the zombie A's, like no matter what happens, they just figure out a way to kind of put guys out there that score just enough runs and pitch just well enough to win a few games. Um, and then the Astros doing their thing, and who knows what's going to happen with the Angels, but um, they might have a chance as well. So, yeah, that's a fair gripe. Fair gripe for Rangers fans. Kind of look at that pitching staff, and oof, not a uh, not very good. But um, you know, maybe they'll turn around. So, 
Well, if you don't have anything else, that'll wrap us up for today's episode, episode 58. Um, went back through, talked about some uh, some pitchers, some uncommitted, an uncommitted senior arm to go take a look at. Um, our One of our new favorite pitchers and our guy, Andrew Hickey, the master of timing on the mound, Dominic Reed, strong start for him, uh, for Lone Star, and then uh, getting out and seeing, uh, seeing more good arms. I'll, I'll see another really, really good one tonight. Um, and, and Luke Jackson, excited to see him again. So I think his arrow is really pointing up, but uh, more, more district baseball to come as these teams kind of get positioned for the playoffs and make their run. Um, and we'll be out there covering a lot of it. Uh, still, still a long ways to go in the high school season, but it feels like things are kind of gearing towards teams separating themselves and, and positioning themselves for those playoff runs, what they hope are deep playoff runs, but uh, get the pod bean to check out all of our podcasts. Uh, Apple podcast hit the follow or subscribe button on there. Leave us a nice review. If you feel so inclined to um, we're publishing all these on YouTube as well, but really as Joe was mentioning early on all of our five tool coverage from all the stuff we go see Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Um, shout out to our guy from Klein Oak. Um, what was his, what was his name? It's going to bother me now. Um, the guy that, uh, that took Got one. Smoked in that trip. Connell. Is it last name Spencer? I think. Um, no, no, I'm gonna get this right. He deserves to, to have his name right. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so Shane Connell, uncommitted okay. senior from Klein Oak. Shout out to Klein Oak. I went there for a year. Um, it he took a line drive off the face, off the head, and like stayed in the game and didn't just stay in the game, like he started punching out dudes immediately. After that, like, I, I mean, TikTok made us take down the video. <laughs> so like, like that, like that's how kind of, you know, jarring the, if you watch it, there's was. no way you think that guy's either alive or staying in the game. I couldn't believe it. And I was texting with, with Nick Timms. He was there. I was like, was there no, there's no blood or anything. Like I just thought for sure. And like the sound, I was like, oh my God, like this guy is seriously injured and he didn't even leave the game he stayed in there and started punching out dude so gonna go ahead and nominate him for toughest pitcher in the state of texas um and he's uncommitted and i I think uh, i mean beyond that like he was i think he touched 90 do some pretty good breaking stuff as well so another senior guy to go go take a look at but yeah you can see uh if you want to see that video um you and Let's see, we're over 15,000 likes on Instagram for that thing. But again, just go out, check out all of our content across all the social media platforms. They're there. Uh, we're there. Seeing a lot of baseball. We'll be out places again tonight. Uh, so tune in for that coverage. But uh, until we talk to you all next time, uh, thank you for listening. Have a good week and take care.